these little dogs they're supposed to be for protection and they don't watch but the dinner plate. The two Malmutes, a friend gave me two Malmutes. They're beautiful, intelligent dogs, right? Because they be reading the dog food can. Alpo, no meat byproduct, no soybean. Yeah, this will be fine. Rich, fix this up for us, will you? Could we have a little wine with that, please? Celebrating our connection with our pets from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. Jennifer Pryor and her late husband, actor, comedian Richard Pryor, shared a passion for the animals. I remember his stand-up act. He would become a German shepherd, uh, or he would suddenly become deer in the headlights. They uh, actually worked together very closely, championing the causes of both wild and domesticated animals, whether it was helping save baby elephants stolen from their mothers or rallying politicians to prosecute animal abusers. I didn't know that. Way before it was popular to do that. And today, Jennifer continues the calling without her husband, but with the same unwavering conviction, and she's joining us today. Hi, Jennifer. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks. That's a lovely introduction. Nice to talk to you both. Well, you know, you're doing so much work. Tell us a little bit about what you are doing right now. We, we do rescue. We do hands-on. Prior's Planet does hands-on rescue. Yeah, Prior's Planet. What is, what is that? It is a 501c3 that was established uh, approximately a year before Richard passed. Uh-huh. And we had been very active in the animal rescue and advocacy community at large. And, and you did a great job at, at uh, describing some of the things that we were active doing. I don't think a lot of people knew that side of Richard. They did not know that side of Richard. Richard has such a fierce, predatory if you will, um, demeanor and presence in, in the world stage, if you will. And, and he was that character on stage, in fact. So I bought a Doberman Pinscher, one of them bad motherfuckers. Somebody stole him. That's how bad that motherfucker was. And I got him from a dog home, you know, and somebody had abused the motherfucker because every time I talked to him, he freaked. You know, I said, hey, champ. <laughs> Man, don't do that. You're f***ing with my hand, man. I can't take it, Rich. It's a real bounty, man. I just can't dig it. Can't you slide a note under my paw or something? You're f***ing with me, man. I can't dig it, man. They get good, though, when they get older. Like, you can't stare at a doberman. Like, most dogs, you can stare them down. You know, look at them, they go, You stare at a doberman too long, they go, I don't play that And then they show you their teeth, right? Look like I'm smiling, mother Get off in your way. The times I spent with him early on back in the day was in Hawaii, in Hana, Maui, Hawaii. He would, we were walking through the fields and where their cows were in the pasture, and he had a conversation with a cow. Mr. Cow, how are you doing today? <laughs> and, 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 the, and he gave voice to the cow, as he did in his comedy. But he had this entire conversation with this cow and you know i mean i was peeing in my pants i was i was touched beyond belief i thought this is a person who has such profound compassion and i fell madly head over heels in love you can Uh imagine because i mean what's more sexy to a woman than than that that sort of vulnerability right Uh judy oh yes you got to have pets to help you out you know i got a horse he helps he makes the grass grow no, I got a miniature horse about this big, and the man helped me produce my TV shows. Bert Sugarman gave me this horse instead of money. And the horse don't do nothing but eat and shit. And horses 
horses be weird they while they walk. They're gonna be. Richard had this incredible compassion. He had, when I uh, started going out with him, he had a um, a Great Dane he rescued and a miniature pony. And uh, so he really had an affinity with animals. He and, mm-hmm. and we went to Africa together, and he got out of the car. That's a true story. He got out of the car with the lions. I boxed his ears for it, but, uh, <laughs> I mean, I couldn't believe it. I'm like, oh, here we go. Only thing about Dormans, though, they let burglars come into your house, right? I mean, they say, burglar, come on in, come on, yeah, come on in. How you doing? You looking for shit? Come on in the bedroom, let me show you. Come on, look on the bed, get the jewelry, yeah, right there in that box. Yeah, you got to come on in the kitchen, let me show you somewhere. And then the burglar hit the door, that's when the motherfucker turned into the exorcist. I want to play. Celebrating our connection with our pets from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. And welcome back to the party, animal thrill seekers. Dogs and cats, that's usually the topic here at Animal Radio, but it is Animal Radio, so we'll be talking birds, fish, and rats today. It just happens that way. Of course, we're not speciesist here, and we hope you're not either. Maybe you have a fish or a chia pet. Or a cactus. Uh, that was my first pet, was a, <laughs> was a cactus. Emmy Lou Harris, the legendary singer, she's joining us today. She even runs her own dog rescue. One eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. I don't know why they put the phone all the way over there. Is that so you can press the buttons, <laughs> so right? I can reach it. Yes. Yeah, but you don't press the buttons. You just screen the calls. I do it all. Here, reach over there and hit up line two, if you will. Okay. One eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. Hi, who's this? Hi, this is Mark from Reading, Pennsylvania. Hi, Mark. How you doing? Listening on W E E U. Uh, actually, I didn't know you were on EU. I listened to XP Radio. Oh, uh, XM, yes. I mean XM. Excuse me. I'm thinking of XP uh, Windows here. <laughs> <laughs> Working a little too hard in front of the computer there, it sounds too like. Many, too many X's, I guess. XP, XM, what are you going to do? Mark, what can we do for you today? We have five cats, and uh-huh. we love them to death. Uh, to life, I guess. And one of them is Creamsicle, and she thinks that she's a little police uh, dog or something, and she has to uh, maintain the traffic control for everybody. But the one that she's after the most is the newest one of the of the whole uh, five cats, and uh-huh. uh, it, it was a baby when we got a little kitten when we got it, and it's almost a year old now. She won't let that little one do anything. Really? And this started when uh, when she came in the household. Well, the new uh, one. Well, uh, actually, it even predates that because she, uh, Creamsicle used to do this with another cat that we got from out from the outdoors, Heidi. She did the same thing. Mm-hmm. And, and, they, and poor Heidi was afraid of her own shadow, you know? And those two get along now? Uh, they tolerate each other. Uh-huh. Barely. Is Creamsicle a guy or a girl? They're all girls. All girls. And- Are they all spayed? Yes. Okay. Sounds like really basic territorial issues, doesn't it, Judy? It does. And, you know, a lot of times they'll tolerate the baby kittens until the kittens grow up and reach maturity. Then all of a sudden they have a problem with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we see it around the studios here, in fact. There's one alpha cat, and uh, he keeps everyone else in line. And there's one cat that he doesn't really get along with, but they tolerate each other. Mm-hmm. And what can you do about that, and should you do anything about that, Judy? Well, yeah, you don't want them to fight. Do they fight, or...? 
Oh, yes. Uh, uh, creamsicle. Well, she used, to, she used to do this with Heidi, but now that we have uh, Gemini, the newest <laughs> one, who's almost a euro, she does it all, almost exclusively with, with Gemini. She'll uh-huh. attack her. She attacks her. Uh-huh. You know, you can't let that happen. Um, what you have to do is start from the very beginning, as you would bringing any new cat in the household, and basically start the introduction session all over again. Even after a year, huh? Even after a year. Sometimes cats can be together several years, then all of a sudden you have a problem. You have to separate them and start introducing them again very slowly. Now, what does that happen in two different rooms? Two different rooms. Take the the two affected cats, put one in each room, and keep them closed, Mm -hmm. and take them out and put them in the other rooms. Oh, swap rooms so they can smell each other. And then when you bring them out... You want to do something with the two of them. Where they play together? Where they play together, yeah. Get like a fishing pole with a little toy at the end or something and play with them so that they're focused on you and not on each other. Now, isn't it true one will always be alpha and will always try to uh, show that he's alpha? So there, there might be something going on there, but there should be no scratches or bites or anything real serious. I don't know how serious it is for you there, Mark. Well, we, we try to uh, 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 be very careful and uh, monitor the situation very closely. Uh, actually, the little one has given, uh, Gemini has given Creamsicle quite a run for money because we've seen some scratches on the older one. <laughs> huh. You know, the, 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 the kitten has some very sharp claws. Not that the older one doesn't, you know, not that Creamsicle doesn't, but I think the kitten's claws are much sharper than the adults even. Well, you, you should trim both of their nails so that they really yeah. can't harm each other. If they're fighting, what you want to do is break it up. Get a whistle or something that will startle them and check them thoroughly after we have water. a scuffle. We squirt water on creamsicle That'll and work. she flies. <laughs> uh, and uh, just out of cu- uh, curiosity, since you're on EU, when, when, when do you uh, have the program on EU? Do you know offhand? Yeah, I think it's uh, Saturday mornings, I believe it's... I'll check it out. We have, of course, all the times that we're on, all the stations we're on are at animalradio.com and then we're on XM on the weekends on Saturday from 12 to 2 Eastern and then again Sunday morning from 9 to 11 Eastern. Excellent. And we appreciate your call to 1-866-405-8405. Hold on a second. We have something for uh, Gemini, Creamsicle, Heidi. What are the other two? Oh, uh, uh, Brownie and, uh, oh, God, now you got me now. Gemini, Creamsicle. Oh, uh, Lucky, yes, Lucky. They're lucky cats. We're going to hook them up, okay? Thank you. Hold on for one second, Mark. 1-866-405-8405. Multi-cat households. Uh, just like the studios here, always can be troublesome. There's always somebody who wants to be in charge. Sometimes it can lead to, uh, and thankfully Mark didn't have to deal with this, inappropriate urination. And we'll be talking about that a little later on right here on Animal Radio. Vinny Penn here coming at you on Animal Radio, your resident party animal. The topic du jour, or, or, or dare I get cheeky and say a pet peeve of mine. When that friend of yours that you haven't seen in years, a girlfriend of mine, came up to me recently and said, do you want to see a picture? I showed her pictures of my kids, and she said, do you want to see a picture of my kids? And she pulls out a photograph of two dogs. I don't know that there's anything more frustrating than this. I get the sentiment of the couple who's decided against having children. But to get a dog together and regard that as, that's our child. And to regard it seriously, that's what's kind of appalling. Or the people who do it, if you do it tongue-in-cheek, that's one thing. But to show a photograph of two Rottweilers in enormous hand-knit sweaters and say, these are our kids, Chip and Eagle. They're not your kids. 
I'm all for the treating the pet like a member of the family. I had two dogs in my lifetime, and they absolutely were members of our family. They were man's best friend. I am down with all of that. But they are not your children. As a father, I take offense to it. I have two kids of my own, and it is a totally different situation. I, 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 I feel ridiculous even trying to, to lay out why it's so silly. Now, granted, I dated a few girls in the day where I, I could have had children with them, and they would have been dogs. I, I mean, I, I get all that. But to do that, to show that photo and say, dead serious, these are our children. We love them like you love your own children. No, you don't. No, you don't, because my kids would never have that tartar build up on their teeth. Vinnie Penn, Party Animal, Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. The Animal Minute is brought to you by Urinoff, the number one vet-recommended urine odor and stain remover. To purchase, visit www.urinoff.com. You're in finally, something that works. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. Fairy tales tell of kissing a frog to meet a prince, but Valerie Clark licks frogs for a living. Clark always had a thing for frogs. As a kid, she raised frogs in her backyard and once was even caught playing hooky from school when her parents saw her featured on a local TV show competing in a frog jumping contest. These days, the 28-year-old can often be found in exotic places like Madagascar, licking frogs in an effort to identify alkaloids in frog skin. In the scientific world, the frog licking isn't all that unusual, though some scientists prefer squeezing the frog a little bit and then licking their fingers. Ooh. Clark recently earned her master's degree from Cornell University. Her research will surely help the frog she loves at a time when many frog species are in danger of extinction. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. There's lots of reasons to need a urine odor and stain remover. Your dog's afraid of thunderstorms. Cat hates being alone. You've moved into a new house. But there's only one reason to buy Urinoff, because it actually works. Urinoff's high-performance formula gets to the source of the problem and removes it permanently, even cat urine. Many odor removers claim to work, but thousands of loyal Urinoff customers, even vets, swear by it. If urine odor is a problem in your home, reach for Urinoff, the odor remover that actually works. Available exclusively at www.urinoff.com or your local vet. Remember the advice you hear on today's show is for entertainment purposes only. Please be sure to consult your own vet regarding your pet. Hey, you want to keep a secret from your dog? It's the new fish sticks from Canine Caviar. They're good for your dog's teeth, gums, and also his achy joints. And fish sticks from Canine Caviar are 100% natural, completely digestible, and contain no chemical preservatives, additives, or fillers, and they're low in calories. But don't tell your dog that. All they care about is that they taste good. Get your dog fish sticks at caninecaviar.com. That's www.caninecaviar.com. Have you seen the latest Band of Blings? Don't know what a Band of Bling is? Band of Blings are a classy new way to wear the old classic pet bandana. Adorned with beautiful jacquard trims, embroidered appliques, and whimsical charms. Band of Blings are the only pet bandana with a unique adjustable snap closure. Just snap on, snap off, and go. No more ties or Velcro. Check out www.bandabling.com to find a retailer near you. 
Did you know that dogs can get worm infections just from eating grass and that those same parasites can also infect humans? Ew, gross. Thank goodness there's a safe and easy way to eliminate and prevent the major worms that infect dogs. Safeguard K90 Wormer. Just sprinkle it on your dog's food twice a year. And that's it? Yep. For more information, visit www.safe-guard.com. That's S-A-F-E-G-U-A-R-D.com. It's the best way I know to protect my dog and my family against intestinal worm infections. Welcome back to Animal Radio, Hal and Judy. And, of course, Vlade, the world-famous Russian dog wizard, joining us from Bully Dog Studios live in Michigan. How you doing, Vlade? I'm doing wonderful, guys. Thank you so much. And uh, I would like to get my famous intro. It's a rough world out there, son. It's dog eat dog. All right, you ready? Ah. Please listen. Now, your host on Animal Radio, Vlade, the Russian dog wizard, the man behind the system and the phenomenon of the dog world. He's widely known as an international star in the dog training field. The former KGB dog trainer, Vlade, can turn the most notorious canines from around the world into loving companions. When Vlade speaks... Everyone listens. Yes, <clears throat> when the Vladi speaks, everybody's listening because when the, uh, Vladi talks the truth, just the truth, and his methods works. I pr- I proved myself uh, by turning most unruly canines all over the world in five countries around the world, and I do speak many languages, basically five. And one of them is canine language, which wow. I is a, which I'm a very, very fluent, which I learned from my absolutely mute and deaf doctrinaire mentor from Russia, who explained me by means of uh, f- uh, finger pointing and noises. We humans have everything for successful communication to the dog beside the tail. So if you have a dog who is taking you for a walk, bark non-stop, digging in your backyard, your backyard looks like after expedition, or, you know, growling, barking, peeing, pooping, let me, former Soviet KGB dog trainer, to help you <laughs> out. I am Vladi. Call us at 866-405-8405. Now, Judy actually does the same thing to keep me in line as she uses loud noises and finger pointing, too. So it does work. Hi, who is this? Um, Stephanie. Hi, Stephanie. How are you doing? I'm great. You're on with Vladi, the world-famous Russian dog wizard. I know. That's so awesome. I can't believe it. Stephanie, I love you. Thank you for calling me. You know, I will take a charge. I'm the alpha male is here, okay? So right. I, I will ask you. You, It's going to be like KGB, you know, questionnaire. I ask you, you give me honest answers, okay? So go okay. ahead, my dear. Okay, I live in California. We have a lot oh, of... Oh, I love it. Yeah, what you're, city? you're all over the place. What city? Um, From Newport Beach. Oh, oh, boy, I'm going to move to Newport Beach soon. <laughs> oh, my gosh, no way. We'll exactly, I want you to meet me on the airport. Absolutely. I will let you know when. Just shoot me an email. Go ahead. Out here. Well, we have a lot of beaches, and we can take a lot of dog walks. And even though I have uh, control of my dogs, what do I do when there's, there's two big dogs that get in a dog fight? How do you break up a dog fight okay. without getting uh, up? Tell me, please, what, what the dog you have, male, female, age? 
I have um, one female big mix with a little bit of a bulldog. Um, he is four, and then I have a girl that is um, boxer. Mm -hmm. That is one and a half. And are you talking about the fights between another dogs or between your dogs? Well, actually, we'll start with my dogs because they're together a lot, and sometimes they fight over toys. Okay. And after that, whole pack is fighting. But if we're fighting like play fight, not really serious. Am I right? No, no stitches, no vis Go ahead. No, I'm talking about where there's skin wounds and blood. Okay. That's bad. Uh, if your dogs are fighting in your home or just somewhere in the public place? It's in, in my home. It happened the other day over a tennis ball. Mm -hmm. Okay. And Stephan, I, was just, mm -hmm. Go ahead. You know, I had to break go it ahead. up. Okay. How are you breaking them up? Well, um, I normally grab on to the male dog because he's bigger, his tail. Mm -hmm. And I pulled back because every time I put my hand in there, I lose a finger or two. Yeah, okay. So Let's, um, that's you know, be careful. Time. I would not do that. Uh, do you have, so you've got male and female, am I right? Yes. Okay. So for, this is the good news. Because okay. normally females and males, it's I know you can say it's some type of, you know, sometimes stitches and such and such, but it's never could get to the point that, you know, you can say just forget it, let's us read from one of the dog. And um, um, so w I need to ask you a lot of time, and I really, really, because we are in a limited time, so I do the best that I can. So what I would do in this situation first... I would do some small investment to get two metal crates. Okay. And I'm going to put them next to each other. I know it's some money involved, but I would do that. I would put two crates to each other, like side by side. Sure. I also will have something under, like a blanket or something underneath. Or I like the dog beds, which specially designed right. to go inside. And I'm going to rotate those dog beds frequently. I'm going to keep my dogs in three positions. Position number one, always under my supervision, inside of my house. Position number two, always under my supervision in my backyard, if you have one. And uh, when I can't, I will put them in the crates for a while, for two weeks. I will keep them in that, on that schedule. Do you have a kids? Yes. Okay, I would like to understand the philosophies behind. I would like both of your kids, which is canine kids now, would be both of them in trouble. In other words, you are, you are going to set up the system where both dogs will think they are in trouble. So when you know, as the mom, when both of your kids in trouble, they becoming friends with each other because both of them equal in trouble. Right now, there is not the right time to figure out who is the boss, who is the alpha female or alpha male, and try to reward uh, one dog or reward another dog according to their rank, some, what some uh, behaviorists or trainers will suggest. Because first of all, the dogs don't care about who you will decide as the alpha because you are not the leader. You are not the one who is entitled to tell them who is the boss, who is the not. So I would, yes, right now both of them down in hierarchy and you are up. It can be achieved just as the result of the solid obedience training. I'm going to send to you um, my obedience for life dog training uh, system on DVD. And yes, and I... You, just, just get, uh, when we get done, just, uh, give your address to the Judy. And, uh, I would like you to implement that system of rules, structures. Never give your dogs any commands you cannot enforce. Always reinforce your commands and never repeat yourself. Remember, dogs fight about three things. Human attention, 
toys and food. I want to make sure no rawhides, no compress or whatever rawhides on the floor. I would, I would no food quality type of the toys, just maybe um, things which are not really um, like to fight about. Um, I would have uh, uh, always them under supervision. Now, I would strike at the first. If I see any signs, one dog approaching to another and some toys or whatever it is, uh, one approaching to another, I would use. You remember I mentioned if you were on the show, um, if you were hearing the previous caller, if you don't, um, I would suggest to get a compressed air device from the bicycle oh, store. Yeah, it's CO2 yeah. for, for, for inflating tire. I would make the sound move for ah and push the button very quickly to, because remember, in the dog training, Stephanie, like in the real, in the real life, if you're one second, if you're missing one second, you are one second away from the disaster. But I would teach you dog tolerate one in another. I would do obedience for life. I would put the one dog in the crate, work with another one, and after work with another one, and another, one in the crate and so on. This is that's what they very shortly would would be my 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 description. I would not take them to the beach right now. I would work in them. I want to make sure for a couple of weeks I don't have a fight in this home. It's a very good question. It would require me a little bit more time. So I would love to help you when I will be in the Newport Beach. All right. Now I have a question for you. These crates. Does it work for kids too? <laughs> uh, some woman wants to put the husband, you know, in the cray. Uh, Ooh, that you know, sounds like fun. 1-866-405-8405. If you want to talk to the world-famous Russian dog wizard, that would be Vladi, of course. Cetacean Nation. I'm Jan Sluzer, and we'll go for a catamaran ride off of the South Maui coast to watch whales and dolphins frolic. They know everything out here. I mean, this is their house. This is their neighborhood. And out here, they know every boat when it comes out, at what time. They completely understand the traffic patterns around here. And rightfully so, this is their neighborhood. Catamaran Captain Simone, along with co-captain Maureen, have between them about 40 years of experience sailing the high seas around the world, observing intelligent marine mammals. Together they started the Artful Dolphin Project, using their personal experience to better understand, relate to, and communicate with the bottlenosed dolphins that live off the South Maui coast year-round and the humpback whales, here mostly December through February. Today about 20 whales are traveling with us. Simone hangs a hydrophone over the side so that family and friends on board can hear the whales singing underwater. They hear us when we come out and the sound of your engines and I drive very, very slow. Just allow them to come from whatever direction they are out here in their neighborhood to come find me. And it's just by being patient. We've been here, what, 45 minutes probably, listening to the whales and some whales have gotten closer and closer. And just by showing them that respect that you're not going to go in and interrupt what they're doing, they get interested in what you're doing. And they become more curious. So pop their heads right out of the water and spy hop and turn and look. Or they might come under the boat and lay below it and look up at all of us looking down. Seven years ago when they met, Maureen was grieving for her lost life companion and Simone was going through a divorce. Out on their boat one day, they met Naya, Hawaiian for dolphin, and her eight-month-old calf. 
Soon after, the two women heard that Naya's calf was killed when it got tangled in a boat's mooring line. They went to the spot to pay their respects when Naya approached. The dolphin stayed beside the catamaran for about three hours, and Maureen says the three females bonded in their common grief. Over the years, when Naya hears the catamaran's engine, she comes over. Often bringing other dolphins and calves to meet the women. This ride, Maureen spots Naya making a beeline for the boat with her second calf, Prince, and their friend, Patches. The dolphins find us on their own terms. You know, we're not chasing them. We're just out here, and that was a good example today. You know, we were moving along at a pretty good clip, and out of nowhere, they came over really fast. Let us know. Here we are. For about an hour, the three dolphins swim next to the boat, under the boat, and in front of the boat, jumping and frolicking, turning over on their backs to expose their bellies, and then, with a slap of Patch's tail to signify the playdate is over, the three are gone. For more information on Maureen and Simone's adventures with the whales and dolphins, check out their website, artfuldolphin.com. Jan Sluzer, Maui. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Bobby Hill for Animal Radio. Former Guns N' Roses guitarist Slash is now a former exotic reptile owner. The Axeman is giving away his collection of 80 dangerous snakes, mostly pythons and boas. Slash said he realized as a father, if one of his little pets strayed into his son's room, the consequences could be deadly. Slash added, quote, feeding them all by myself had become a bit of a job, end quote. Most pet owners know the dangers of household cleaners and other products found in the average home. But do you know the outside plants that could hurt your furry friend? The ASPCA has just released a complete list of plants, food, and other household items that may harm your pet. Outdoor landscaping that includes bird of paradise, glacier, or English ivy made the list of dangerous plants. There's also trouble areas and items in the home that could lead to serious injury to your dog or cat. In all, over 100 warnings made the ASPCA's list. The Humane Society of Indianapolis just got a little help from a group of elementary school students. The first graders from Beverland Elementary in Lawrence Township raised $1,000 from coin donations. Their Pennies for Pets project grew out of the two first grade classes studying pets and their needs. The students will deliver the money to the Humane Society this weekend. I'm Bobby Hill for Animal Radio. Get more breaking animal news at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. Celebrating our connection with our pets from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. If you're a regular listener of Animal Radio, you know that we got the studio cat a fish. He said, uh, I want a fish. Well, not to eat. <laughs> we would never do that. For entertainment For purposes. For entertainment purposes only. And to have a buddy. He sits there and he watches the fish in the fishbowl. And I notice the fish is like looking back and watching the cat. And I'm thinking, this fish is intelligent. Could fish be more the sentient beings that we don't give them credit for? Then I started feeding this fish from my hand. Uh-huh. I said, wait a second. You know, I've had goldfish as kids. This beta fish uh-huh. that we got for the cat, the smartest little guy I've ever seen, definitely <laughs> has a personality. 
That's why when I heard about fish school, <laughs> and I'm not talking about the, a bunch of fish that are in swimming, swimming together. together. Right. I'm, I'm talking fish school. I wanted to know more. Can fish really learn? We got a noted fish training expert. Are there a lot of those in the world? Yeah, I was wondering. Dr. Dean Pomerlo on the phone. Hi, Doc. How are you doing? I'm fine. Are there a lot of fish training experts? Not yet, but we're hoping that it'll become a a widespread profession, at least a hobby pretty soon. These guys are pretty smart, huh? They really are. Uh, Betas are are one type of fish that we have successfully trained, and I hope you use our kit to try it out. Are there there smarter fish, are goldfish as opposed to beta fish, is there a difference in intelligent level that you know of? I've been impressed with betas, given their size. They seem quite intelligent. Uh, Goldfish, we too have found are are smart. Uh, Cichlids, various cichlids, uh, Oscars, parrot cichlids, we've successfully trained, and so have some of our our uh, customers. So just about any fish we've tried so far has been able to learn. Now, in my hot little hands, I'm holding the R2 Fish School. This is a it's a box full of all kinds of toys for your fish to uh, play with and go through hoops. There's soccer balls and hoops and nets. And uh, there's a lot of things in here. Tell me about what's all in here and what we can actually get our fish to do. Um, so in the kit comes a bunch of equipment. Um, foremost among the equipment is the feeding wand. It's sort of the heart of the fish training system that we've developed. Uh, it's really like a syringe or a plunger almost, similar to, um, if you've ever been to the vet, a uh, cat uh, or a pill, um, <laughs> pill um, administer. It basically allows you to introduce food to the fish at the appropriate time and place in the tank just after he's performed a trick or or begun to perform approximately what you want him to do. So you give him a treat every time he does the... the just like a dog. Yeah, it's all about food reward. And, okay. and some of the techniques are very similar to the kind of clicker training uh, dog owners are used to. It's all about associating uh, rewards, either direct rewards food or the appearance of this wand, which they associate with with reward. Uh, for performing the appropriate behavior. So the kinds of things we can train uh, fish to do using the kit include uh, swimming through hoops and tunnels, mm-hmm. um, playing soccer, which is one of uh, the, the most eye-catching. Yes, that's wow. the one I would like to train my beta to do. Yes. So we have a very we have three sizes of soccer balls that come in the kit. One very small one that a, a beta can push, and two larger ones for various sizes of, of bigger fish. And so it comes with a soccer ball, it comes with a playing field, a little platform that you can put in the tank, uh, as well as the, the soccer goal. Now, are some fish more trainable than you? I mean, if I show my smart little beta how to do this, do you think he'll pick up on it? What is the success rate on something like this? You know, I have never had a fish that I couldn't train at least to do something. Okay. Um, beta, my tank, beta tank wasn't big enough to put the uh, soccer field in. So I haven't tried soccer with betas yet. But uh, certainly swimming through hoops. Uh, interestingly, I found more variability within a species. Some goldfish, for example, learn faster than others. Then I found across species. There doesn't seem to be any real, uh, real distinction, consistent distinction between different species. They all seem to be able to learn. Now, do you teach them in a fish school, per se, with a bunch of fish, or do you teach them one at a time? Oh, yes. Um, so... 
Yeah, that, that's a, a very good question. Um, we the, the fish school, as we refer to it, is really the training kit itself. So we don't train in mass uh, lots of different fish and sell the fish. We sell the kit so people can do it at home. Um, regarding whether to train them alone or in groups, we've found that uh, small groups, uh, less than three fish, work best. If you have too many fish trying to train them at once in the same tank, they try to compete with each other and sort of steal the food. When one does the trick, the other tries <laughs> to steal the food. So uh, it's easiest with a small number of fish at a time in the tank to, to get them to associate the, doing the trick with uh, earning a reward. Okay, Doc, I have to ask, do you have a day job? How did you come up with a fish training school? Actually, it's I, mean... I do have a day job. Uh, but the story, the, the origins of it were my, my son and daughter have always wanted a dog. And uh, we, my wife and I have been reluctant. My wife's allergic, and uh-huh. dogs are, are, are quite a handful. Um, and so we wanted to satisfy their desire for a pet with uh, sort of a lower-maintenance pet. And so fish were a natural alternative. Uh, so we got them fish, but they weren't entirely satisfied. Fish are, are not always all that interactive or right. usually very interactive. So kids don't often uh, get as much pleasure out of them as they do from a dog or a cat. So we decided to try and make our fish more interesting uh, one day, my son and I. And, and we decided, hey, wouldn't it be cool if we could train them to do tricks? And so uh, that was sort of the origin of the idea and so over time he and I developed uh, various techniques and tools for allowing us to train our fish to do ever more interesting things uh, and it's been so successful that we've decided to uh, to try and help other people do it for themselves with uh, with the training kit. Will there be another kit once your fish have graduated from this school to go on to a college? college? Uh, yeah, exactly. Fish University is the next uh, <laughs> the next step along the way. I'm not sure exactly what tricks. You know, it's a pretty complete kit. So I, I described uh, tunnels and hoops and soccer. We also provide a football uh, that that's weighted so that your fish can actually push it around the playing field. Uh, one that's fun that that's fun to set to music is limbo. So uh-huh. there's a, a crossbar and two posts that you can adjust the height on depending on your fish and how uh, how limber he is. Are these pictures that I'm looking at? Are they photoshopped or are these real pictures? There, are you looking at? Oh, on the on the kit cover. The goldfish doing the limbo and the it's ho- all real. And it's all. If you check out our website, you can see all the videos oh. of it too. Okay, we'll link to that. Yes, definitely. Uh, those are very compelling. It's it's quite amazing. It's shocked a lot of people, even fish experts, what our fish have been able to learn. Uh, a couple other tricks that are included in the kit include slalom. So you know, a pretty common thing for dog shows and stuff is to have dogs weave in and out of yes. a set of pylons, and we do wow. exactly the same thing with our fish. And finally, my personal favorite is fetch. So in the <laughs> kit, I don't know if you've got it there in front of you, but yes. there are three different size rings and they have little weights in them, so the, the rings sink to the bottom of the tank, I can throw the smallest of those rings in the tank. My fish, Comet, will swim down, put his nose through the ring, and pull it, and swim with it up to the surface. Wow. To the tank. <laughs> Be sure not to throw that outside the tank. Doesn't no, it? Uh, there was one incident, and we do not recommend. Well, I Initially, when we were developing all these tricks, said, wouldn't it be cool if uh, my Oscars, which were about four or five inches long at the time, could jump out of the tank, you know, like a dolphin to, to get food from my fingers. And, uh, he was great at it, although my wife didn't like splashing the, the walls and the water all over the place. But he was getting really good until one day he got a little overzealous when I was just walking up to the tank to feed him. 
and uh, came leaping out onto the floor, and I said, no more of that, because <laughs> I was able to get him back in, and he was fine, but uh, uh-huh. I was just concerned what might happen in the future when I wasn't there to intervene. It's all very cool. I love yes. the kit. You sent us three. We're going to give away two. We're going to keep one, and we're going to try to teach Alfie here in the studio uh, to do some of these tricks. If you have a what you think is a smart fish that can learn some of these tricks, why don't you go ahead and give me a call right now at one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. Now, here's the condition. We give you this. You must report back and let us know how your fish does with this. Now, how can we order this? So we're selling it online right now at uh, Amazon. Okay. Uh, but the place to go to see both the videos and to find out where to order the kit is uh, r2fishschool.com. And, of course, we'll link to that from animalradio.com. We'll, uh, we'll have pictures and we'll link to the videos. Now, I'm thinking, I'm looking at this. It's it's a very detailed kit. There's a lot of parts. What, 70 80 bucks? No, it's uh, under $30. Under $30? Wow. Wow. That's pretty good. Okay. Fun stuff to do with your fish. Check it out. It's the R2 Fish School. You could get it on Amazon.com. We'll link to this. And uh, we'll, we'll even point the webcam at Alfie as we're training him. You can see all of that at AnimalRadio.com. Doctor, we appreciate you joining us today. Well, thanks, Alan Judy. Dr. Dean Pomerleau, R2 Solutions, joining us on Animal Radio. Hey, you want to keep a secret from your dog? It's the new fish sticks from Canine Caviar. They're good for your dog's teeth, gums, and also his achy joints. And fish sticks from Canine Caviar are 100% natural, completely digestible, and contain no chemical preservatives, additives, or fillers, and they're low in calories. But don't tell your dog that. All they care about is that they taste good. Get your dog fish sticks at CanineCaviar.com. That's www.CanineCaviar.com. Hey, Julie, you have to get one of these return WA pet tags for Daisy. Last week, Max got lost and was back home in just two hours. Really? How does it work? It's simple. Each pet tag has a unique ID number, which is linked to your name and number. If Daisy ever gets lost, the finder just calls Return WA's 1-800 number. It's totally safe, confidential, and rewarding. Check out www.returnmypets.com. Don't delay. Protect your pet today at www.returnmypets.com. Animal Radio is brought to you by Flavicin. Flavicin improves joint function in dogs, keeping cartilage, tendons, and ligaments healthy, and joints flexible in the body of aging animals. To find out more about this breakthrough formula, visit www.yourolderdog.com. Who knows what's best for your pets? You do. You and pet lovers just like you. At Zoo2.com, you share your experiences with pet products and services, see how other pet lovers rate them, and say what you think about anything related to pets. Best of all, it's absolutely free. And everything you do on Zootoo.com earns points to help your local pet shelter or rescue group. That's Z-O-O-T-O-O.com. Zootoo.com, bringing pet lovers together to help pets and each other. Buddy, don't do that. Don't worry. Lots of dogs eat grass. Didn't you hear? Dogs can get worm infections from eggs and larvae in the grass. Those parasites can even infect humans. I know. That's why I give my dog Safeguard Canine Dewormer twice a year. It's a safe and easy way to eliminate and prevent the major intestinal worms that infect dogs and to protect my family against infection. Where can I find out more? Just visit www.safeguard.com. That's S-A-F-E hyphen G-U-A-R-D dot com. Celebrating our connection with our pets from all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. I atop the Canab Inn. 
lovely Kanab, Utah. <laughs> it's, it's Animal Radio. Coming up this weekend, Emmy Lou Harris. Did you know she's a big animal lover? I didn't know that. She actually has a rescue. Wow, good for her. And she's joining us this weekend. Let's get down to business. one 405 We have Vlade, the world-famous Russian dog wizard, with us. And uh, we just got this email. They didn't want to go on the air. They were talking about their dog, what, they poop in their bowl? They poop in their water bowl. What's they, that about, I Vlade? I don't know. You know, it's a very, it's a very rare. I heard a couple of cases like this. Um, uh, it could be part of uh, resistance to something and the dog is unhappy with certain things. It could be big emotional stress on the part of the dog. Um, I would uh, suggest for a couple of days, no food and no water um, let on the floor for free. Just make sure uh, f- uh, scheduling for the food, scheduling for giving the dog water, and it's going to disappear. It's no big problem. So you put the food and water down, but after a few minutes, you pick it back up. Exactly. I mean, if the dog will not like this type of the schedule, I forgot to ask him yet. I mean, offer him the next time. And, uh, you know, I got to tell you, when I was in the Russian army, um, for the first uh, couple of days, I didn't want to eat uh, the food in the same way, too. But you know what? After a couple of days, I ate it really well. (laughs) (laughs) And you learned to love it. Oh, I love it. I love it. (laughs) Have you ever been stumped, Vlade? Is Is there anybody that's come to you with a dog problem and you just haven't been able to answer it? Um, you know, you would like to hear something from uh, on, on my weakness. And as the human, I have such a weakness. But my weakness is, is my strength. And I got to tell you very honestly, I... I mean, if I if I unable, nobody able. The only maybe failed I failed a couple of times uh, for the course, probably seven eight years, and I remember those cases. It was aggression, uh, far gone aggress- aggressive behavior. But the things like that, which you just described, it's just kid stuff. Like uh, a couple of days ago, I met one very nice couple, and uh, their husband could not even kiss the wife before he goes to the work because. Once he approached and hacker, their little shih tzu attacking him and biting him by his leg. <laughs> and, and they were at uh, every possible behaviorist with PhD, with Zao, doctors, would like to did some x-ray in the dog's mind. I know what they try to find out there. Uh, they eventually, they called me and I said, hey, this is the so simple thing. The dog think your wife is in his possession. Ah. Your dog maybe think, yeah, <laughs> your dog maybe think that, uh, you know, he's her husband. And her husband said, really? I said, yeah, just take it as insult, you know, ha- grab some penny, uh, like a pop can with coins, and every time when the dog happily wants to snap you by the leg, just drop it abruptly next to the dog and make that sound, and, you know, they did it one time, they they were done with that simple problem. Oh. So please, call me, um, um, people, if you have unruly pets, if your pets are just biting someone, or growling on someone, or digging, or uh, jumping, whatever, you should be calling us right now at one 405 This is the Vladi, exclusively for Animal Radio. Celebrating our connection with our pets. From all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Calling Debbie 
the, the rat lady. She doesn't mind being called that. She's been on Leno and Howie Mandel. Leno, Howie Mandel. Hi, Debbie the Rat Lady. This is Judy at Animal We're getting Debbie the Rat Lady on the phone. Okay, Hal will be joining us in just a moment. Oh, heck, we'll join you right now. How, how does that sound off. if we Uh-oh, join you right now? Cut me off. What? What? Oh, my stupid phone does static every once in a while. Oh, you know what it probably is? Is probably some of those rats have been eating through the uh, <laughs> the phone line. We're talking to Debbie the Rat Lady, and like I was saying, she doesn't mind being called the Rat Lady because you, you love those rats. That's a compliment. That's right. And uh, you've probably seen her on uh, either the Tonight Show with Leno or the Howie Mandel Show. If not, for now, the pinnacle of her career, Animal Radio and Animal Radio Network, <laughs> we believe. Debbie, why, how did you fall in love? With, tell us from the very beginning, how did you fall in love with the rats? Well, I actually got my first rat when I was about 10 years old. And uh, I had had a, a hamster previous to that, mm-hmm. but he bit me. Oh. And um, so I didn't care for him that much. And my sister had had pet rats before that, so we knew that they were great pets. So my first rat, um, you know, I used to carry him around on my shoulder and play with him and so I actually have been loving rats for a long time. Well, you worked in a shelter, though, for a while and then gave that up, didn't you? Yes. I was. Uh, I managed our local humane society for three years. And then uh, an opening uh, came up at our university in the psychology department, taking care of the rats. So I switched. And um, Wasn't I, that kind of hard to do, knowing that they were euthanizing rats and experimenting on them? Well, um the fact of the matter is, is while I was working at the Humane Society, we were euthanizing cats and dogs almost every day. Mm-hmm. That's true. <laughs> so, but I did have to, I did have to really think about whether I could handle it, and um, I decided it wasn't all that much different. And um, if somebody had to be taking care of the rats, it might as well be someone who loved them. True. And I was able to make some changes in their care to make life better for them. I got them bigger cages and things like that. So, um, and I worked there for ten years. Wow! What made you leave that? Um, I I I finally got a little tired of it after a while, and I actually I actually wanted more time to work on the Rat Fan Club and my other projects. And what is the Rat Fan Club? Um, well, originally I wanted to write a book about rats because. Uh, we would let the students take the rats home with them when their project was done. Mm-hmm. And then later they would come back and ask me for advice. So I thought, I should write a rat care book. Well, at that time, I couldn't find a publisher who wanted to do another book. There was one book out there, but it wasn't very good. But nobody else, no other publishers wanted to do a book. So I decided to do a newsletter to help get information out to pet rat owners. Mm-hmm. And so I started the Rat Fan Club and our monthly newsletter, The Rat Report. And that was back in 1992. And now you have, what, about 600 members in about 12 countries? Well, um, we were up to about 600, and unfortunately, um, we had about 200 members drop out when I had to raise the rate. Uh (laughs) Um, Our subscription rate is $25 a year. Uh, Unfortunately, we're down to about 400 members now. Mm. But uh, that's still a pretty good number. Yeah, for rats, I, I would imagine. Now, what makes rats such a better pet than over, uh, let's say, uh, a cat? Well, I wouldn't say that rats make better pets than cats. <laughs> um, different. They're different. Um, to me, rats are more like little people 
that you can lock up in a cage when you need to. <laughs> okay, I do that with my kids occasionally, but occasionally. that's a different story. <laughs> well, you get in trouble if you do that too yes. often. Um, but rats, um, they're, they're very sociable animals. They're very personable. Um, they really bond to you. And um, they learn their names. They'll come when you call them. Really? Yeah. Wow. And they can learn to do tricks. And they're very affectionate. And some of them will give you kisses like a dog. Do they make a good first pet for a child? They do. Because they're very, um, they're about the right size to hold. They're not too small and squirmy like a mouse. Uh-huh. And they're not too big and heavy like a guinea pig. What is their average lifespan? Unfortunately, it's only two to two and a half years. Oh, that's so short. Yes. Um, and that's because, you know, they're just not made to live very long. Out in the wild, they have lots and lots of babies. Yes. And so the adults don't need to live that long for the, the generations to continue. And they can be spayed or neutered if you have a rat, is that yes. correct? Yes. If you have a veterinarian who is experienced doing surgery on small animals like that, then it's very possible to have them spayed or neutered. And Somebody might wonder, well, why would you want to do that? Well, um, for the females, the, a very common health problem that they have is uh, benign mammary tumors. Mm. Um, the incidence is like 50%, which means that about a half of all female rats are going to grow these tumors. That's high. And um, they don't just grow one. They can grow anywhere from three to, to ten mm-hmm. <laughs> over their lifetime. So um, the, t- the, the uh, spaying helps prevent the tumors. Yeah, same as it does in, in dogs or cats. Uh, of course, it's, uh, I know in cats it's uterine cancers of sorts. Exactly. Uh, mostly hormonal-related hormonal cancers. Uh, if, if somebody wants to, uh, I guess, join, join your uh, newsletter, how do they do that? You have a website, I see. We do have a website. Mo- most of our members come to us through our website these days. It is ratfanclub.org. And it has all the information there for signing up. Very good. It's. Uh, I'm glad that someone's finally taken care of this gaping hole in animal uh, internet. Your listeners should know that the popularity of rats is continuing to, continuing to grow and grow. So it, it is. Yep. More people are saying, "I want a rat instead of a cat." That's right. A lot of pet shop people are trying to encourage people to choose rats. Not necessarily instead of cats, but instead of hamsters and mice and gerbils, because the rats are much more personable and friendly. Now, are there adoption agencies out there where you can adopt? Yes, on our website, we do have an Adopt-A-Rat page. Really? Okay. Which lists some rat rescues across the country. Um, Most large cities have a rat rescue uh, rescue. nearby. Really? I didn't know that. Okay. Yep, and almost all um, animal shelters in large cities do get a fair number of of homeless rats in. So uh, that might be a good place to start looking if someone's interested in a rat is at an animal shelter. Very good. Very good information. www.ratfanclub.org. Debbie, the rat lady, thanks for coming on the show. All right. Thank you very much. That's all we have time for this hour. Remember, we are streaming online at AnimalRadio.com. And remember to spay and neuter, always adopt, and never decline. This is Animal Radio Network. Celebrating our connection with our pets from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. 1-866-405-8405. Hi. Who's this? This is Mike. Hey, Mike. How you doing? Well, pretty good. 
Where are you calling from? Uh, Lifttown, Pennsylvania, right in the center of the state. Oh, very, very good. Thank you very much for listening. What can we do for you today? Well, we have a pair of Cocker Spaniels, Wiley and Lucy. And they're brother and sister. They're out of the same litter, just about two and a half years old now. And Wiley is sort of, they've been in the car since day one, and he's getting getting more and more timid as he rides he actually sits in the back seat and he starts to shake and he and he starts to pant oh, so and, wiley wiley is having a little trouble traveling is what you're saying yes and he actually he's a little bit has a little bit of anxieties with with everything he seems to be very jumpy when it comes to uh if you were to rattle a piece of paper or something but that's not quite as bad as the part of traveling because we take them with us all the time they're they're with us 24 7 well, you probably have to start back at square one to get them used to riding in the car. I would do some sessions where you get him in the car, give him a treat, sit in there with him for a few minutes, and then get him right back out. And do this a few times, maybe start the car while he's in it, and then turn off the car, and then maybe do short trips around the block. Uh, maybe take him to, you know, happy places, fun places like a dog park, just short trips and bring him back and get him used to the car. There's also pheromone, spray, pheromone sprays that you can actually spray in the car that will help calm him. And also plug them in at home. You said he was a little bit edgy all around, not just in the car. Is that correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. There's a plug-in you can actually plug into your home, which is a pheromone uh, scent that you can't smell, but they can, which will calm him. You can get a spray. You can spray it around his collar. You can spray it in the car to help calm him. But I would do short little trips, get him in the car with some treats, and just kind of get him used to it again. And, of course, uh, if Wiley, if his behavior, he just became edgy all of a sudden out of the blue, it might be a good idea just to go by the vets and make sure everything's doing well, well, internally. Yeah, the name of the spray that you said? Yeah, that's uh, Comfort Zone. It actually comes in two different kinds of forms. Uh, DAP, dog appeasing pheromone, is another name that you might find it under. It comes in both a spray as well as a plug in that you can use around the house if you have very anxious dogs. What, what does it do? It mimics uh, mama? It, yeah, what it does is you can't smell it, but it mi- mimics a lactating mother dog. And your dog smells this and remembers the time when it was, you know, nursing the mother when things were calm and peaceful. And it calms the dogs once they smell that scent. Now, it has about a 50-50 percent. You, you ask uh, one out of two people will say, one person will say it doesn't work, one person will say it works. We've had about the same results here at the Animal Radio Studios with felines and using that. Uh, again, your veterinarian might have some other suggestions, uh, whether it's uh, herbal remedies or like while they got before the medicines to help them sleep. How big is the car? Uh, can you put a crate in there? Something that uh, that you can bring in and out of the house that he can enjoy in the house and you can put some toys and make it smell like him and then when he goes in there, he feels comfortable going in there? Uh, yeah, we're actually in the car business, so we ride in different cars a lot, but the main, our main car, our main vehicle, we would be able to do something like that. Or bring along a blanket or something familiar with from home and just let him know that it's okay. I'm going to ask around. I'm going to find out. Because okay, I appreciate that. Well, we we do take a blanket. We we always get the blanket that they sleep on, and uh, put that in the back seat, so that you know he would. We thought that would help too. That it would be comforting to him. But he he just doesn't seem to uh, relax. And as I say, he seems to be getting worse than uh, in the last month or so. 
Mm. He's got to the point now where if he knows we're going in the car, he just turns around and goes back into the house. <laughs> He's got your number. <laughs> yes, he does. More ways than one. <laughs> well, we'll do some more research as soon as we get off the phone here and see if we can help you any further with Wiley. If okay. You, if you'll hold on for one second, Mike, we appreciate your call. call. Calling from Lewistown. What is the station out there again? What is it? Uh, it's WKVA. WKVA. Yeah. Very good. Lewistown State College, State College, Pennsylvania, right? Well, we're in Lewistown, Pennsylvania. We're about 30 miles east of State College. We're right right in the center of Pennsylvania. Okay, hold on one second. 1-866-405-8405. show to do. Uh, unbelievable. It's Animal Radio. Hal and Judy, Vlade, the world-famous Russian dog wizard, a live link to the Bully Dog Studios in Michigan, and the rest of our staff. Well, we have Dr. Debbie White. She's answering your veterinary questions, but right now she's eating pizza with the rest of the staff in the green room. We're in here. That's okay. We, we want to talk to you at one 405 8405 We're going to answer your, your questions. We'll go to the phones in just one second there. So, caller, hold on for one second. You know, Vlad is the most politically incorrect type of the person probably on the public radio or in national syndicated radio. But you know what? People love me for that. I don't try to be politically correct. I just say the truth as it is. Yes, I think the people need to see that biting truth uh, and understand that the problems between humans and dogs, it's not just because, you know, we're just humanizing them and such and such. This is partially. But this is not the biggest problem. The biggest problem understand canine culture. And I'm drawing canine constitution right now and uh, I'm a spokesperson for the dogs, um, not for the cats, sorry, uh, even though I love them, but I know, Hale, you are the cat lover, which I love them too, but I am talking about the dogs right now. Every time you point me out as a cat lover, I, I think you're trying to say something else, Vlade. No, 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 no. <laughs> Don't take it personally. You know I love you and I love the cats. It just, you know, I just talk about it's completely different. I'm on another side of the scale, you know, dogs and cats. We're going to have one show about dogs and cats. We'll talk more about that. But I just want to point out really fast, Vlade, that I do sit down on Sundays with my cats, watch football, and I have a beer in my hand. I just need to point that out. <laughs> Try the vodka. It's a much better. Let's go to the phones. One eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. Hi, who's this? This is Angela. Hi, Angela. How are you doing? Hi. Thank you for taking my call. You're on with Vlad. Hi, Angela. I suspect that I might have a dog who's from a puppy mill, and I say this because of the problems I'm having, and I am at wit's end with how to house train this dog, as far as his his uh, potty behaviors. Um, he seems to believe. I've had him for eight months. I got him from a kennel, and they said they didn't know where he came from. He was found run, run, running down the street. He was heavily matted, dirty, but he didn't know how to walk on a leash. He just had a lot of bad behaviors, but he relates his crate or concrete with this is where I use the bathroom. Okay. So uh, do you live in the house or apartment? I live in a house. In the house. Uh, okay, what, uh, so are you living in the sunny California or somewhere close, or it's, uh, what North state you are? In North Carolina, uh, where it's nice and warm. Okay, great. So you have a big backyard? Yes, I do. Okay, so you have uh, two choices here. You can right now to do shortcut, 
or what you need to do, um, make the kind of metal um, run for the dog and keep your dog outside. Um, maybe just keep it inside, mm, just maybe overnight sleeping, and I would create it him. But all day long, he is uh, running around in that metal run outside. Remember, Angela, the dog is the creature of habits. Once your dog gonna pee and poop three, four, five times in the same spot outside on the grass, he will not want to pee inside. Your dog really? pee inside, inside not because he's unmoral, just because he used to pee inside. He may be the puppy meal. He may be from the not reputable breeder who did not teach them the certain things we need to do outside. So, I would, that's what I would do. If you would like to do another way, just make sure put your dog in the three positions, supervise him inside of your home, supervise him when he is outside of your house, and when you cannot, put him in the crate. Make sure wipe all urine stuff, all urine, um, the old spots, whatever the dog pee and poop with the product by um, Antiyaki Poop or Get Serious, whatever whatever you have. Um, just make sure it's enzyme-based type of the cleaner you can get in your local pet store, not ammonia or not another household cleaner. So you need to saturate those spots even if you use something else. Simple solution will be a great idea too. Make sure eliminate all those sands so the dog would not come back to the same spots after that create the schedule for feeding him uh, and giving him water as exception right now remove the water from him and give him water just three times per day um, uh, uh, every time when he finished the food and something between like I think 30-40 minutes when he finished the food and one time between because when you know when it gets in you know it comes out after that always you I would like you to tell your dog five ten times per day uh, whatever your dog's name would be Belly Heidi Heidi you wanna go outside you wanna go party you wanna go party you wanna go party you wanna go party and always move him toward the same door with whatever party door would be. Take him for a walk in one door, take him to the party in another door, uh, take him outside, go party, go party, go party, go party, he pees, good boy, good girl, whatever it is, and after go poop, go poop, go poop, go poop, good boy, give him treats and bring him in just when he finished. If you know he was supposed to relieve itself outside and didn't, bring him back, put him in the crate. Keep him on this schedule for a while. The dog is the creature of habits. Once you recreate the uh, recreate the habits, you will be just fine with your pet. You also can download a manual from our website, 911dogwizard.com, 911dogwizard.com, how to housebreak your dog in a couple of days. Wow, I didn't know that was up on your website there. Angela, do you think that's going to help you there? Yeah, that's wonderful. I haven't tried that. Okay. Angela, one quick uh, one quick tip, too. If your dog has a very persistent spot where you would you know he goes in those spots all the time, uh, feed him in that area. Feed him. Okay. Give him food in that area. Remember, dogs don't like pee and poop in the area where they eat. Like, I don't like to eat McDonald's or Bourbon King in the bathroom. Yeah, I don't like to eat any, any uh, like a steak at McDonald's. You wouldn't do that, would you? No. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> oh, boy. McDonald's is big in Russia, isn't it? It's the, it's the symbol of America, isn't it? It is. It is. It's a big, it's a growing. I mean, Russia right now, it's like um, United States. It's not the Soviet Union it was before. No, it's, it's, a, it's amazing what is going on all across the globe. Angela, thanks for calling. one 405 8405 Hold on a second. We have stuff for you. It includes milk bones. Hold on. Don't go anywhere. Okay. Well, you know, one of the ways you can protect yourself against arthritis is to increase your physical activity. And while we may have some trouble getting motivated, sometimes a furry family member can help us. Christopher Michaels has the story. When you ask yourself, how am I going to get more physical activity, you probably don't think of the family dog. But you should. Sarah Reeve of the California chapter of the Arthritis Foundation says your four-footed friend can help you walk away joint pain and arthritis. Walking your dog for half an hour or even 10 minutes three times a day will help to significantly reduce pain and stiffness. In addition, the walk is good for your dog, too, because dogs also suffer from arthritis. So you're really doing two good things at once. It can be tempting to rest instead of exercise to let the pain subside and the stiffness go away. But doctors say physical activity helps. If you and your dog go out for regular walks, the stiffness and joint pain may actually subside. This will help both of you to decrease further deterioration of bones and cartilage while also improving your ability to perform daily activities. The Arthritis Foundation hosts hundreds of pet-friendly arthritis walk events around the country to fight the nation's number one cause of disability, arthritis. For more information on the Arthritis Walk nearest you, log on to www.arthritis.org. This is Christopher Michael reporting. Hi, it's Lisa Laporta from HGTV's Designed to Sell for Animal Radio. Please stay and neuter your pet. Did you know that dogs can get worm infections just by eating grass and that those same parasites can also infect humans? Protect your dog and your family by deworming your dog twice a year with Safeguard Canine Dewormer. For more information, visit www.safe-guard.com. That's S-A-F-E-G-U-A-R-D.com. Listen to the news. Two dogs rescued from a locked car. Emergencies can happen anywhere, anytime. They can even affect your pet. In other news, a local policeman saved a cat today. Being prepared and knowing what to do can be the difference between life or death for you and your pets. The same Red Cross you know and trust is the leader in pet first aid preparation and education. Look for dog or cat first aid guidebooks with DVDs online at redcrossstore.org or contact your local Red Cross chapter for more information. The Red Cross is helping protect our pets. Hey, Julie, you have to get one of these return WA pet tags for Daisy. Last week, Max got lost and was back home in just two hours. Really? How does it work? It's simple. Each pet tag has a unique ID number, which is linked to your name and number. If Daisy ever gets lost, the finder just calls Return WA's 1-800 number. It's totally safe, confidential, and rewarding. Check out www.returnmypets.com. Don't delay. Protect your pet today at www.returnmypets.com. This portion of Animal Radio is brought to you by Return Moi Pet Tag. Protect your cat or dog this summer with Return Moi Pet Tag. Over 90% of lost pets with Return Moi Pet Tags reunite with their owners. Don't delay. Protect your pet today at www.returnmypets.com. Hi, I'm Jay Moore, and as a sports fan, I can tell you there's nothing quite better than spending a day in the park playing catch with a beautiful lady. Like Shirley, my dog. Listen, adopt a pet. They are the most loyal companions you will ever have. Visit Pets911.com or call 1-888-PETS-911. Hooray! For more information, go to Pets911.com. 
Proud to be a partner of Animal Radio. This portion of Animal Radio is brought to you by Zoo2.com, where pet lovers share opinions on anything related to pets, and everything you do earns points to help pet shelters and rescue groups. That's Z-O-O-T-O-O.com, bringing pet lovers together to help pets and each other. Celebrating our connection with our pets from all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Twelve-time Grammy winner Emmylou Harris joining us. Not a lot of people know this. You actually are devoting your life to animals more than anybody I know. Oh, I don't know about that, but um, yeah, the animals that kind of uh, wriggle their way into my heart. You know, actually, uh, my whole life. But I find I have, um, you know, I have the um, the time and uh, the opportunity to to give back a little bit to to. Um, you know, these critters that have given me so much. Well, you have a special dog that travels with you on the road, huh? Well, uh, I, yes, I had, uh, I have one, I have two now, actually, wow. but uh, my all this work that I'm doing right now was inspired by a dog named Bonaparte uh-huh. that I got in, um, I got in 2002, and uh, he was a year old, I got him from Nashville Humane, and he ended up traveling with me for 10 years and, wow. and sleeping in my room. Um, you know, at home. So he was with he was my constant companion, uh-huh. and uh, I lost him in 2002. Uh-huh. And um, and I I had we had other animals. I mean, we have quite a menagerie here, but he was my special guy. Well, you and, made a legend out of him, didn't you? You, you well, created uh, <laughs> a mini legend, maybe. Uh, he's um, you know, in honor of him, his memory. Um, uh, I started what I call Bonaparte Retreat, which is just a very small uh, animal rescue, dog rescue that I do in my backyard. Um, really, uh, three dogs at a time. Although we right now we've got four, mm-hmm. it's hard to say no when we, we're taking dogs. <laughs> right now, we started taking dogs, uh, fostering for Nashville Humane, and I'm still very connected to them and their excellent work they do here in the community. Um, I mean, they have the Rover, you know, which is the spay and neuter, the mobile uh, clinic that goes around and does the free spay and neutering, Uh um, which is so important uh, to all these issues we talk about. Uh, But but, uh, I I, I took one dog uh, uh, a while back from um, when I had a vacancy. I took one from uh, Metro Animal Control where the dogs have a small window of time mm-hmm. uh, before they're euthanized for no other reason than they run out of time. And there were just so many of them that gradually I end up, now this is what I do, I just adopt them mm-hmm. from the Nashville uh, <laughs> Metro, from Metro Animal Control, 
and uh, then they're my responsibility, and we we screen the people that come through. And um, uh, I'm actually affiliated now with uh, Happy Tales Humane, which is uh, for now a series of foster homes. But they they we're raising we're in the process now of raising money to have a permanent facility for Happy Tales. But I will still ha- always have my Bonaparte retreat here in my backyard for a small number of dogs. Um, you know, you, you you wish you could do more. <laughs> I say it must be hard fostering. I'd want to keep them all. Well, that's not the hard part because I'm happy to to have them get good loving homes and we 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 really do get to know the people and where they go and a lot of times we we keep track of a lot of these dogs through email and mm-hmm. and and uh even the, the people that work with me uh even go for home visits just just to keep in touch and um you know if if people are agreeable to that because we just we, we you do get attached sure. yes. but the hard part is uh the the animals that you know you have to leave behind mm-hmm. and and are probably going to be euthanized because they have you know when i go there with a va- you know if i have a vacancy and i go to get a dog there's there's obviously a lot more than just one dog of course. Oh, yes. that whose time has run out and you just kind of go oh well is it better to get a male or a female or it's it's really heartbreaking. It's so difficult to make that decision, um, and you and you just have to kind of wear blinders because you're so limited. We're hoping that we can get more people to foster. Mm-hmm. You started you started early doing that and volunteering. I I really got involved, uh, you know, after Bonaparte died. Actually, it was a, a while after that because I was in in some pretty serious grieving. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I'm sure your listeners will understand. And then, uh, it, I don't know how long it was after I lost Bonaparte, I saw uh, um, an HBO special called Shelter Dog. Mm, yes. That really was one of those epiphanies, you know, <laughs> sort of life-changing events where I saw what this woman had done. You know, she'd bought this motel uh, in upstate New York and just on her own just started the shelter and, um, I, I was so moved by what she had done, and I started looking at my big backyard, you know, with with a different eye. I said, you know, I could build some dog runs. I could, I could, you know, I have the space here, and I can do this. Now, you've been an animal lover since you were a child, is that correct? Oh yes. Well, my father was actually uh, studying veterinary medicine at the University of Virginia when World War II broke out, mm-hmm. uh, and he joined the Marine Corps. And while he was at officer training school in uh, Pensacola, Florida, before he he went over to um, you know to fight in World War II, he met my mother, and they eloped. <laughs> <laughs> so and and started a family. My brother okay. was born uh, while he was overseas, and um, so he stayed in the Marine Corps and did not go back to veterinary medicine school. But. Um, he always loved animals. My my mother's family was, you know, her father was a great animal lover. I, I just was born into, you know, family, mothers, fathers, aunts, uncles. Uh, everyone was, uh, you know, a bit loopy for animals. <laughs> and, uh, and, and learned, you know, I think there's a, just a compassion gene that is always there in all of us, but it can lie dormant. You know, and I think it can be perverted if children are raised in homes where animals are mistreated. Oh, yes. Uh, especially if they're mistreated, too. I think there's, it's been proven, there's a direct line, that 
that that uh, that people who you know abuse uh, animals grow up to abuse children and then children you know who are abused abuse animals and then they grow up to abuse i, I mean it's yes it's been proven I, I do believe that animals are, are are given to us to make our lives better and also it's kind of a, a bit of a test like it's almost like God says, if you can't get this one right, I don't even want to know yet. <laughs> uh, because they, animals don't do anything for spite. You know, they don't do anything out of, uh, you know, they don't hold grudges. Um, and, and if we can't get along with animals and do the basic, simple things to just make their lives good. Well, they teach us a lot of lessons, they, too. They teach us a lot of lessons. But I'm saying they like, teach us how to be good people. Um, I really believe, and and then they just give us back so so much. They enrich uh, our lives in so many ways. So you know, I I just think that uh, one of the biggest problems we have is that there are just too many, and not enough homes. It's it's actually a math problem, and that's why spaying and neutering is just so important. And fostering, like you said, if, if Emmy Lou Harris can do it, <laughs> and you have a, a, a tight schedule with uh, touring but you, you find time in between to do this, then just about anybody can do it, right? Well, it, I don't know if anybody can do it, but, but that if, loves you, if you can't, you know, if you can just volunteer a couple of hours a week at your local shelter, or especially, I think, the, the, the dog pounds where the dogs can, you know, have such a short window of time and possibly are going to be euthanized to at least walk with them and, and pet them and socialize with them and give them some kind of contact mm-hmm. um, you know if you can't take them into your homes and you could go there because people in the shelters are overwhelmed oh, yes. so many animals and, and, and as a community we have to come together to you know legislate and educate but also if people can actually take themselves there and say what can I do you know, you were just talking about young kids learning at a young age how to care for animals. There's a there's a kid, uh, eight year old kid, amazing kid, Kyle Orent. Have you heard of him by chance? No, I haven't. He uh, he raised twenty thousand dollars with a lemonade stand, uh, selling lemonade for the summer. That's a lot of cash there, huh? And, That's fantastic. And he gave it all to Canine Companions for Independence. Are you familiar with that organization? I, I'm not. It's an organization that. Uh, Hooks up dogs with uh, disabled people. Handicapped in wheelchairs. And as, as Kyle puts it, uh, I believe everything but blind people, yes. I believe, is what he says. And uh, we had him on the phone a couple of weeks ago, and I said to him, uh, what do you want to do next? And he said he's, he's going to do a celebrity collar, uh, like a dog collar auction, where he gets a bunch of celebrities to sign collars, and he's auctioning them on eBay auction charity site, site, charity yeah. site. I'm wondering if we can send you a couple of collars to you sign for him. Send me as many collars as you want. <laughs> Great. I know. Th- I think Just make them big enough for I have a terrible signature. <laughs> <laughs> we have some I large can't collars. Even sign my back of my credit cards. They, they're so tiny. That's a sign, Emmy Lou. Don't use the credit cards. Okay, we'll right. we'll send a few your way for you. Okay. We thank you so much for spending time with us. Well, thank you for spreading the word. You know, if we can just educate people. You know, maybe we can uh, solve this. This is a problem that can be solved. That's the frustrating thing about it. Yes. There's so many problems in the world that we think, what are we going to do? I don't I don't know. It's overwhelming. But really, with spaying and neutering, we can 
pretty much eliminate the homeless dog and cat population in this country. People can start in their own backyard. Absolutely. And with, with your pet. You know, we get so many calls still, people that uh, they, don't, they don't know that not only does spaying and neutering reduce the population, but your pet will be healthier. Too. And there's live so longer. Many, and live longer. So there's so many reasons to do it. Amy Lou Harris joining us. Uh, check her out starting June 21st in Telluride at the Telluride Bluegrass Festival. Uh, Newport, Rhode Island, August 5th, October 7th in San Fran, and a whole bunch of dates in the L.A. and Southern California area, October 9th through 11th. Of course, you can check out the website, which is emmylou.net. Yeah, pull up Bonaparte's Retreat. Check it out. A wonderful fostering operation in memory of Bonaparte. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at animalradio.com. Log on. Learn more. This is Fred Willard on Animal Radio. Remember to spay and neuter your animals. I've had it done to me. It's not that woof. <laughs> Hi, this is Rue McClanahan on Animal Radio. Spay and neuter your pets. Coming up in a couple of minutes, animal communicator Joy Turner. You want to talk to your pets? Now's the time to call 1-866-405-8405. This is an Animal Radio News Update. Hello, I'm Kay Brown reporting for Animal Radio. It definitely pays to train your dog well. That's because an incredibly obedient Labrador has saved a drowning woman from a swollen river in Britain after her owner shouted, Fetch! Owner Brenda Howardson was walking her black lab penny along the river Alwy in Wales when she saw a woman being swept towards a whirlpool. Because Brenda doesn't swim well, she sent Penny into the water instead, yelling, Fetch! The ten-year-old dog dragged the woman, who was twice her size, to safety just in time. A Colorado woman facing a $1,000 fine for dyeing her poodle pink has struck a deal with authorities to have cruelty charges against her dismissed. Joy Douglas wanted to call attention to breast cancer campaigns, so she used beet juice and Kool-Aid to dye her white miniature poodle, Chi-Chi, a pretty shade of pink. However, in Colorado, it's illegal to dye animals under an ordinance designed to stop people colouring rabbits and chicks at Easter time. However, Boulder City officials accepted Joy's excuse and she won't have to cough up the money so long as Chi-Chi remains white, not pink. A Californian nanny has saved a toddler from certain death by pulling the two-year-old girl from the jaws of a coyote. The girl was playing in a sandbox in a suburban area in Altera Park, Chino Hills, when the nanny heard screaming and saw the coyote trying to carry the child off. The child escaped with just bite wounds to her buttocks. County officials have yet to find the animal. More information is emerging about the changes to the way pets in Switzerland will be kept. We reported last week that the Swiss government wants dog owners to be tested on their ability to care for and control their pet or risk losing it, but they're not the only ones affected by welfare law changes. Anglers will have to take lessons on catching fish humanely, and social species such as guinea pigs, budgies, even horses, will have to be sold in pairs or multiples to ensure they're not stressed by being home alone. MPs have stressed that authorities won't be visiting homes to enforce the law, rather they want an informed population to feel good once it's shown the new laws result in better and happier pets. Meantime, Swiss animal rights activists have suggested the Swiss government has a more urgent problem, how to stop cats there being turned into fur coats for rheumatism sufferers who wrongly believe that cat fur will alleviate their pain. A frustrated Antarctic fur seal has been caught on camera trying to do the wild thing with a king penguin. 
Mammal researcher Nico De Bruyne, who photographed the event on South Africa's Marion Island, says sexual harassment in the animal world is quite common, but usually only between closely related species, not between hunter and hunted. Dr De Bruyne and a colleague watched as a 100-kilo seal forced his attentions on the hapless 15-kilo penguin for about 45 minutes, unsuccessfully. Both animals were last seen heading out to sea. Well, we've all heard the excuse for not handing in homework. The dog ate it, right? Well, imagine waking up from a big night on the tiles and hearing that a dog has eaten your... Well, how do we say this? Your boy bits, your penis. It's true, a 64-year-old French woman castrated her lover while he was unconscious, then blamed her pet dog, saying it had eaten the man's genitals. The 39-year-old victim was rushed to hospital, where he's still receiving psychiatric care for his predicament. Once police worked out that the dog didn't do it, the woman confessed, and she's now serving 12 years in jail. Alas, even with the dog's help, the man's missing member was never found. That's our pet news wrap-up for this week. For Animal Radio, I'm Kay Brown. For more information, go to pettalkradio.com.au. This has been an Animal Radio news update. Get more at animalradio.com. Celebrating our connection with our pets. From all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. My favorite part of the show is when we talk to the animals. Because, you know, it's all speculation up to this point. You call in about your animals, you, you ask the health questions. We're just speculating. We're humans. But we bring in the expert, and that, of course, would be Joy Turner, animal communicator extraordinaire. Hi, Joy. How are you doing? I'm marvelous, Hal. How about yourself? Very excited. Ready to talk to same animals. Perfect. Well, then, let's do it. one 405 Hi, who's this? Uh, this is Romaine. I wrote like as in the lettuce. Is exactly. Ah, I love it. <laughs> My favorite. You My are favorite all... too, actually. Oh well, that works out well for you then. We'll talk. <laughs> lettuce alone. We'll talk later. Okay. Okay. Who are we going to be talking to anyway? Uh, Katie. Katie. Okay. So Romaine, what type of an animal is Katie? Katie is a mixed a terrier. Um, she has some. Um, so she's a dog. Russell. I'm sorry. She's a dog. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> okay. And how do you spell Katie? Uh, K-A-T-I-E. Perfect. Sometimes they can be a little particular about that, and she was. So, um, yes, she says yes. And what do you want, Mother? Oh, she wants to know what I want? She said amazing, isn't it? Really? She's sitting, she's sitting next to me. Uh-huh. Um, um, she's new to me. By about seven months, she's an older dog. Yes. So I'd like to know, um, like, how she how is she doing? I've never owned a dog before. Oh, okay. Well, she said to tell you that from her perspective, which of course is the dog perspective, she thinks you're doing very well. She knows that she's your first dog, and she is considering you her mother. And she thinks that um, considering the fact that you haven't ever had a dog that you've lived with before like this, that you're doing very well. She's very pleased with the kindness that you show to her. Oh. (laughs) Well, I think I'm very kind to her. I follow all the little dog rules. Um, she um, she, She says you are kind, and she wants to know 
if there's something that you would want her to change about how she's being. The only thing that she's an older dog. She's like me. She's older. We're just two old biddies living together now. And um, she, the only thing, she gets very excited uh, when people come to the house, and um, I don't know how to make her relax. I don't know how to get her to relax and to calm down a little more. Okay, when you say excited, tell me the kinds of behaviors. She barks. She barks. She's, she's, um, and that's the only time she really barks is when, she, when somebody comes to the house. Okay, and what she tells me about this is, first of all, she loves the idea of you two being two old biddies living together. She <laughs> thinks that's just wonderful. And she said as far as coming to the house, she's thinking she's doing what she's supposed to be doing. She's putting mm-hmm. people on notice. She's notifying you that something's going on. Okay. So her intent is pure about that. She's not trying to be mean or aggressive or anything. And she said she's more than willing to make any negotiation that you want. (laughs) You just need to talk to her and tell her what you would like to have and why you would like to have it. And if it goes against her nature, for instance, this whole visitor thing, Mm -hmm. then you need to explain why your way is better than her way. Okay. Okay, I can do that. Yeah, you do that just by talking to her a little more slowly than you might talk to another human. Think of as many pictures about what you're saying as you can because they'll tune into those pictures. And then uh, just don't use the word not. For instance, don't say don't do something. Say what you do want her to do. Mm -hmm. She's very willing to negotiate. She's just doing what she feels is the best thing until you show her something else that you want. Well, it's very interesting because... We we came together kind of in an odd way, and um, I, I've never owned a dog before, and we spent maybe two weeks kind of looking at each other, wondering if this was what was going on here. But we seem to be really in tune with each other. Is that, like, possible? I mean, where you can kind of, I can kind of read what she needs. Absolutely. And she seems to read what I need, and but it's come, like, automatically. It's not... It's just come. It's just like there. Yes, and what I found with this whole process is that as two souls come together, because even though you're two physical bodies, you're also two souls, Mm -hmm. as you come together in some kind of a mutual soul understanding or a soul desire, that type of thing often occurs just absolutely spontaneously. It can occur from the very first instant that you meet each other, or it can occur over a period of time. So that's a very common thing and animals always essentially read our thoughts and our feelings so it's very likely that any animal that lives with any human knows exactly what's going on in the human's head well it seems like it happened very rapidly i mean i was very amazed i was very amazed by how we fell into each other and it just and it's and it's just stayed that way you know, I'm not weird or anything, but I kind of feel that way. <laughs> well, I'm weird, and I feel that it is a destiny. When when souls intend to spend time together, it just happens, and there's almost nothing we can do to prohibit that from happening. It sounds like the beginnings of a great relationship. Oh, it is, and, and this channel, I fell on that by accident, too, and it's been very, very helpful. It's oh, been good. very, very helpful to learn more about animals, Well, thank dogs. you. Thank you very much for listening. We appreciate it, Romaine. Go give Katie a big old hug for all of us, if you will. I will. I will. And thank you very, very much. i got to ask, Joy, when you begin talking to the animals, you ask for the correct spellings of names. You said the animals 
want this? Is this like a, a PIN number or a password to make sure they're talking to someone legit? Well, and not all animals need that. Some don't care. But some, especially since Katie would be new to Romaine, it would be a rather common occurrence for her to want to make sure that I have exactly the dogs that I'm looking for and that she's talking to me because it's exactly the right dog. And that's one of the ways they pinpoint that. You don't want identity fraud with animal communication, I would imagine. <laughs> that's it. Okay. Joy, if people want to get in touch with you during the week, how can they do that? They can go to my website at talkwithyouranimals.com. And we'll put all that information at animalradio.com. Just in case you're driving along right now, we don't don't necessarily encourage you to uh, pull out the pen and paper and write down the phone <laughs> number. It's all at animalradio.com. And, of course, you can get your Joy fix five days a week at animalradio.com. Joy, we'll speak to you again soon. Thank you very much, Hal. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. Animal Radio is being brought to you by the American Red Cross, providing you with information and training to protect the dogs and cats you love. For more information, visit RedCross.org or PetCentric.com, a proud supporter of the American Red Cross. Listen to the news. Two dogs rescued from a locked car. Emergencies can happen anywhere, anytime. They can even affect your pets. In other news, a local policeman saved a cat today. Being prepared and knowing what to do can be the difference between life or death for you and your pets. The same Red Cross you know and trust is the leader in pet first aid preparation and education. Look for dog or cat first aid guidebooks with DVDs online at redcrossstore.org or contact your local Red Cross chapter for more information. The Red Cross is helping protect our pets. Every year, there are millions of pets in animal shelters across the country just waiting for a loving home. I'm Mike Farrell with a very simple message. If you're thinking of getting a pet, please adopt. To easily locate your closest place to adopt, call Pets 911 toll-free at 1-888-PETS-911. It's easy, it's free, and it gives a pet a second chance at life. Together, we can ensure a better future for our pets. For adoptable pet listings in your community, Go to Pets911.com. Pets911, proud to be partnered with Animal Radio. Every once in a while, there comes along a special group of animal lovers that stands strongly in defense of the voiceless. Animal People is that newspaper for people who really care about the animals. Animal People is published ten times yearly. The publisher is a nonprofit corporation dedicated to exposing the existence of cruelty to animals and to informing and educating you so that animal lovers worldwide can eliminate such cruelty. Your subscription is $24 a year and is 100% tax deductible. Get Animal People's fair and accurate investigative reporting from the industry watchdog. Visit our website at www.animalpeoplenews.org. That's www.animalpeoplenews.org to subscribe to the news for people who care about animals. Animal People. Subscribe today at www.animalpeoplenews.org. Remember, there's nobody like your very own veterinarian that can look at your animal in person and see what's going on. Maybe we can help you get to the point where you need to determine whether or not you need to go to your veterinarian. I know we have the best veterinarian in the world, Dr. Debbie White. She is actually the animal radio veterinarian. We didn't want to just get anyone on the air. This is the veterinarian that we use. And now she's going to help you at one 405 8405 Hi, who's this? Hi, this is Michelle in L.A. Hi, Michelle. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Very well. You're on with the doctor. Oh, great. Hi there. What can I do for you? Well, I have a little Shih Tzu, 
and um, he keeps getting a growth on his eye. It'll come up like a sty. His eye will get real irritated, but then it'll go away. And then about a month later, it'll start all over again. And I was just wondering, you know, is this an infection or, um, you know, why does it go away? Why does it keep coming up? And what's your little guy's name? Panda. Panda. Okay. Well, can you describe a little bit more about where the lump is in relation to his eye, the center of his eye on the eyelid? Yeah, it's on the bottom um, eyelid, just right on the, almost on the inner part of the eyelid. And it'll come up like a little tiny bump, and his eye will get real irritated and runny, and then it'll go away. And when you see this, is it kind of um, like pink in color? Is there any kind of uh, abrasions on the area? Yeah, it's pink, and it almost looks like, you know, maybe he got a scratch because we had had him groomed, and I thought, well, maybe the the comb hit him or something. Well, my suspicion is that this might actually be what we call a cherry eye, and um, there are some breeds that are a little bit more prone to this condition, and basically it's called that because it kind of looks like a a red little cherry sticking in the corner of the eye, Um, and that kind of fits with that description that you have of kind of coming and going and and sometimes it's there and sometimes it's not there. If it is in fact a cherry eye, this will basically look like kind of a pink circular area in the very corner of the eye. And there's actually an eyelid there and we call that the third eyelid. And what actually happens in a cherry eye is there's a gland that produces tears and that kind of pops out intermittently in some dogs. And when that happens, in some cases it may go back in naturally, in other cases it'll be stuck there. The ultimate treatment for cherry eye is actually to have a surgery to replace that. So that might be something to consider and I would certainly maybe start with having him checked out by your veterinarian and let them know about that and there are some techniques where we can kind of see if that gland might pop out a little bit more readily. Um, But definitely if you catch him when he's got the a little lump there, I would see your veterinarian at that time because that will give them the best chance of diagnosing that. Okay. Is it contagious? It is not contagious. And, and actually, the cherry eye condition in a lot of breeds is just a genetic problem. So it's nothing that's necessarily a, a concern for you or for your other pets. But we do know that um, those tissues can get irritated very easily from kind of just being out exposed to the air more. Okay, but um, I'll get him checked then. I just know it, like, coming and going is just too weird. Yeah, and that definitely can be frustrating because if it's there one minute and the next, you know, it's always like the car makes that noise. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nobody believes you, you know. <laughs> Thank you very much for calling there. How did you name your dog Panda? How did that come up? Um, he's black and white, and we couldn't think of a name, and we were driving past Panda Express. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and uh, happened to see the sign, I said, oh, Panda. I love it. Yeah, he's always like a little Chinese dinner. Well, go ahead and uh, give Panda a big old hug from all of us. If you uh, Thank you for calling. Good luck with that. 1-866-405-8405. Fido Friendly Magazine. Perhaps you can do without it, but for kibble's sake, think of your dog. At last, a voice for us traveling canines. Until now, few have taken mobile pooches seriously. After all, who appreciates warm shelter and a comfy bed more than a dog? Fido Friendly, the travel magazine for you and your dog. A quarterly guide to Fido-friendly accommodations in the United States and Canada. Because if Fido ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Subscribe at FidoFriendly.com. Your dog will thank you. Celebrating our connection with our pets. From all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. 
No doubt about it, we've gone to the birds again. And, uh, well, this guy is no stranger to these airwaves. Bird Brain, Mike O'Connor. Mike, how are you doing? <laughs> bird Brain, I'm doing swell. Well, you know, the Bird Brain used to be an insult, but I'm learning they're pretty darn smart. Oh, man, they do some clever stuff. Let me tell you, they do some pretty impressive things, those guys. We don't give them credit. We're, no, they don't get the credit they deserve. No, really. We're sitting around the uh, the, the lunch table here at the commissary, and we're, we're going over the uh, birds, the state birds, because... I, I had no idea that every state actually had a bird. That's how how dumb I am. But all seventy five of them. Well, I noticed. Well, that's, I noticed that uh, most of them are cardinals. Yeah, yeah. No, just because they have a state bird, that doesn't mean they have an imagination. They, that's. Oh, well, look what they took. Let's just do, do the same thing. Well, I noticed that Arizona, you have the cactus wren. Yeah. Not familiar with that. That is a bird, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, and I think most people think of wrens that little house wren, the Jenny wren. A cactus wren's a good-sized wren, and, and it's fairly unique to that part of the country, so they jumped on board with that one. Most people think it would be the roadrunner, but... Exactly. Uh, That's what I thought. No, they kind of shifted that over to New Mexico, and to Arizona's credit, they didn't copy them like everybody did with the Cardinals, so they picked their own bird. <laughs> California has uh, the California quail. Yep. Uh, better known as a... Well, probably lesser known as the Cali Pepla Californica. <laughs> I thought that Very was... Very good. Yeah. <laughs> Way to go. Way to rehearse that one. That came out good. Uh, Idaho uh, with the Mountain Bluebird and uh, Pennsylvania, uh, for all of our Pennsylvania affiliates, the mm -hmm. Ruffed Grouse. Ruffed Grouse. Ruffed Grouse. Ruffed Grouse, yeah. And unfortunately, some of, you know, states didn't really appreciate nature, so they came up with the fabricated bird, like uh, the Blue Hen of Delaware mm -hmm. and Rhode Island, the Rhode Island Red. That You know, they took some kind of domesticated meat bird they, that, I guess, benefits the people, but it's not really doesn't really uh, honor the native species at all. Sure. And I'm going to show Judy the picture of the New York uh, state bird. Tell <laughs> well, oh, well, I yeah. can't believe he just showed that to me in the studio. <laughs> uh, of course, uh, we're coming to you live from uh, Utah. And I was trying to figure out what the Utah bird was. I, I guessed Roadrunner at first, and then I guessed... Uh, uh, pigeon. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I was really surprised to find out what it was, and I actually would like to throw it out to our listeners if we could. Uh, so don't anyone okay, say don't what say, it is. Don't, don't say it. Oh, okay, I'll be quiet. Okay. One eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. You're listening now. If you know what the state bird of Utah is, we want to hear from you. Do we have dog packages and cat packages? If yes, you have we do. one of these animals or bird packages or bird packages, we do have bird packages go. and reptile packages. <laughs> Wow. wow. We're not specious here. Yeah, we, no, we man. cleaned the closet out and then we uh, filled it up again with all kinds of good prizes. 1 405 8405. Hi, who's this? Uh, hi, it's Glenn. Hi, Glenn. How are you doing? I'm good. Good. Where are you calling from? Uh, Idaho. Idaho? Okay. We just uh, mentioned the mountain bluebird as being your state bird. Do you know what the state bird is of Utah? The California seagull. Man, he knows his stuff. Way to yeah, go. Yeah, how did he know that? Well, I, I used to live in California. I guess in 1848, there was a swarm of crickets that attacked a pioneer food supply, and the seagulls came and saved the pioneers by eating all the crickets. Ooh, okay. This is in Utah. Yeah, that's right. Very good. Nice job. Did, did you learn that in uh, high school? Uh, I can't. Uh, you know, my good friend Bill Google gave me that information. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what an age we live in. Here. Well, you're absolutely correct. The seagull, and that's a surprise because, of course, we're very far from uh, any the ocean whatsoever. Ocean, yeah. And it is. It's the California gull. Exactly right. And I, I was in Salt Lake City once, and they have a statue 
of, of the gull. Unfortunately, at least when I was there, they had labeled it a seagull, which is a little bit disappointing because uh-huh. it, it gives it a generic term. It was a California gull. And I, I believe they don't nest all that far. They, they nest around the Great Salt Lake. So it wasn't, you know, I guess the story, you'd envision them coming over the mountains and flying over uh-huh. and, and to, to rescue the, the Mormons and their food. But basically, they just left their nesting grounds and probably what they do all the time. Every time there's an outbreak, they're kind of wise to it, and they go over and they clean up the, the mess. Mm. Okay. Oh, there's a somber note, isn't there? Yeah, you really brought me down. <laughs> uh, Sorry, you, you actually uh, work in a... Uh and own, uh, like a birder store? Birder store, yes, on Cape Cod, which is a long way from Utah, but absolutely. And this is a full-time job? <laughs> yeah, it's a, real, it's a real business, Judy. You know, wow. opening the door. And, and, you know, Cape Cod is a tourist area, so we're very busy in the summer. So you have the line when you open the door at 9 o'clock, there's a line of people uh, outside? I got, I got probably several crops just to hold the crowds back when we open them. <laughs> a lot of people getting married up there, and they do it during the summer, throwing rice after the bride and groom leave. What is the real scoop on rice? You know, that actually got so crazy that um, I think there was even legislation uh, proposing to ban people throwing rice. Because uh-huh. some woman in some kind of crazy mental state decided that the birds who ate, you know how when you boil rice, it swells up. So you put in a cup of rice and it fills up the whole pot at the end of it. Well, she decided that was going to happen if the birds ingested the rice. Uh-huh. The birds would, you know, balloon up and explode and all kinds of crazy stuff like that, which is not the case whatsoever. They, they just grind it up in your gizzard. Birds eat rice, whether it's from a wedding tossed out or they eat it in the fields. Just another grain for them, and they, they uh-huh. chew it up in their gizzard, and it's not a problem at all. But what I tell people after getting married is um, throw bird seed. It's kind of funny. It's different, and it will get really cleaned up by the birds Ooh, after the idea. wedding, so you don't have to go out and sweep it or anything like that. And like it keeps that. you in business. Yeah. Yeah, keep, well, that's it. It's all about me, isn't it? <laughs> Mike O'Connor joining us, and we're going to have to do this more frequently. You guys, thanks so much. I'm glad you called. You're awesome. Hold on one second. That's all we have time for. Uh, what, bloody? Hey, Judy and Hale. Uh, there is another joke. One Russian guy came back um, from the Russia and told me that uh, the, his Russian friends were asking him, because he barely speaks in English, and mm-hmm. the Russians asked him, Hey, his name is Vladimir. Hey, Vladimir, <laughs> did you have any troubles uh, with your English in America? Vladimir told them, No, I didn't. Americans did. Teach me how to dance to this America Listen up When the bloody talks Everybody listens Okay guys I gotta go Okay my friends Love you Love you Talk to you later Bye bye this is Animal Radio Network. Network.